Mars Podcast, Episode 111. I'm Andrew Ford. And I'm Brendan Chombly. And I am Trevor Williams. Hello again, y'all. What is up? Yeah. I'm recording. I'm coming to y'all hot on a new, brand new, freshly built PC. Give us the deets. Deets? Okay, well, <laughs> uh, the deets are, it's a hand-me-down graphics card from my partner. So it's a 2080, so it, now two generations old. But good enough for most of my purposes. And then I just built the rest of the machine around that. Um, I got a bunch of cool, like, you know, Black Friday type deals on it and built the rest of the machine for like less than $1,000. Nice. And now it's my primary machine. It's great. What'd you go for CPU-wise? It's a i7, Intel i7. And yeah, it was like a package deal with the motherboard. That was part of the deal for the the Black Friday thing. I went to, um, oh crap, what's the place called? Micro Center. Does that sound right to you? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't even have to like order shit and wait for it. I just arrived at a brick and mortar store and left with all the pieces. And that was kind of rad. And then, so it was like kind of my first time actually building a PC, like from all the parts. I've basically touched almost every part in a PC, but never, never starting from absolutely nothing and putting it all together. So that was also a trip that took me like an entire day to figure it all out. Um, I had never installed like a water cooling system before. I'd never installed an SDD before or SSD did before. That was weird. Uh, I'm a little surprised you opted for water cooling. I think it's water cooling. I don't know. It's got pipes and then it's got <laughs> shiny RGB lights. Some sort of liquid cooling. I don't know. I don't know if it's water or just other liquid. Well, liquid cooling in general is, you know, <laughs> it's just it requires a little bit of additional effort. Yeah. And design. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I wish I could show you the machine actually, but no, the, I mean, I've seen, I've seen what the inside of a well put together machine looks like. So I just kind of copied that a little bit, you know, okay. I got all the cords behind the backboard so that they don't run across the machine. I got the two, there's like two pipes from the water cooler kind of just like going in front of everything else. They're shiny and RGB and yet they face away from me <laughs> when I sit at my <laughs> machine. So I can't actually see them. I, I didn't plan ahead and I didn't think, oh yeah, my tower is going to sit on the left side of my desk. So maybe I should swap the clear part of the tower so that the RG in retrospect actually i think the rgb would have been too much so i'm, I'm kind of okay with this you know, it's kind of funny most cases the the window is always on the left yeah and in my case i could <laughs> in my case mm-hmm. you can swap it so you could choose to put you could you could actually take the entire panel off one side and swap them around uh but i didn't think about that so i just built it the way it was which was on the left i always feel like uh RGB is sort of an interesting idea, but after I've built a computer, I don't want any RGB. <laughs> I just want it to basically be black and like completely invisible. Yeah, it makes sense. And non-distracting. That is why I'm kind of okay with it facing to the left. If I really want to see it, I can speak my head around and be like, yes, it's pretty. And then come back to a non-distracting <laughs> right side of my case. 
On the other hand, I took a chance when I got a new mouse on a Razer Basilisk, which I'm going to fancily show off. Oh, God. And it actually Ooh. is kind of cool. Like, <laughs> like having this thing on your desk that slowly changes color. <laughs> from one other, it's actually kind of neat. Most things that are RGB too, you can configure, right? Like you could, you could have it yep. cycle through all the colors or you could have it do something else. Yeah. Mine too. I just haven't really fussed with it. Uh, the other good news is, so this is me transitioning, I guess, eventually, fin- finally away from only Mac and being back in like PC land, which opens up a whole world of games that I couldn't play before. Mm. You know, I tried to do it before um, with like Shadow PC gaming or whatever it's called. It's like a, a subscription service where you could like basically stream into a virtual machine. Um, and I tried to play PC games on that and it worked fine when I lived in New York city. Like the ping time was, was low enough that I couldn't really detect much, but in Colorado, I wasn't getting like the, even with a really good internet here, I could, I was getting, you know, maybe like four times the ping, like instead of like 12 milliseconds, I was getting like, you know, 50, 60. And it was like frustrating anytime I played anything on it. Hmm. So I also don't have to subscribe to that service anymore, which is great. Saving money. Are there any particular PC games you were looking forward to trying out? Well, so Elden Ring's a big one. Um, that was that was one that I tried on Shadow PC and was not enjoying. Um, I also reinstalled Heart Space Shipbreaker, which I've talked about on this pod a few times. Mm. The Space Salvaging game. Uh, oh yeah, and Deep Rock Galactic. That's that's kind of the one that I was sort of jonesing for some reason. Mm. If you don't know what that game is, it's like um, there. It's like Space Dwarves. It's like a it's kind of like a shooter mining co op game where you go on like missions on this weird planet filled with like crazy bug aliens and you need to like, but you're dwarves, so you're mining and also killing aliens. But it's futuristic and spacey, but they're dwarves. Space it's dwarves. It's really funny. Yeah, it's really funny and awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's where I'm at. Got lots of other things. What, I've got a few other things. I've got Slime Rancher uh, queued up. It was on sale recently and I just kind of wanted to give it a try. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, I've never played that, but I'm a big fan of the sort of, I think, lead artist uh, just from Mac Hall, the webcomic. Yeah, it's got a nice. Oh wait, that's a lead, that's a that's a lead artist from Mac Hall. Yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know about his comic, um, uh, Three Panel Soul? Yes. Okay. I did not know that. That's so cool. Yep. Ford, you said you had a new PC as well. Yes. Well, at work, <laughs> so oh. I had to request a new Windows PC. I actually been primarily developing on Windows at work up until COVID, of course, and then working from home, I had to bring my MacBook home. Hmm. Um, my old Windows PC was from like 2016 or something, so it was getting a little long in the tooth. And yeah, I'm actually having to do, it was a good time because I'm actually having to do some very Windows-specific development at work. So I requested a new Windows PC. They kind of went, <laughs> they kind of were going all out in some ways. It's a Ryzen, I don't know the model number, it's a Ryzen 16 core CPU with it like, I don't know, runs like 5 gigahertz or something. Uh, 64 gig of RAM. Oh, sweet. Yeah, pretty nice. No, they didn't. They didn't uh, spring for the graphics card though. So I'm dealing with <laughs> integrated graphics that uh, thankfully can still run a 4K monitor at 60 hertz, which is great because uh, my MacBook cannot. Uh, if you've ever tried to use a monitor or just like use a mouse on a monitor that's running at 30 hertz, it's miserable. <laughs> it's <Huh>. so. <laughs> it feels so bad and so weird. I hate it. So it's good to be back at. A normal frame rate yeah well super sweet can you I guess you can't play any rad games on your work machine huh <laughs> i mean i could but i shouldn't <laughs> yeah and they also sprung for the uh 
a little bit of RGB in there, which is kind of funny Ooh. for a work machine. Like the RAM and like maybe the cooler has some like RGB nonsense on it. Mine didn't have the like three giant garish RGB fans on the front like one of my coworkers does though. Maybe I just haven't earned the uh, RGB fans yet. Mm. God, I guess that's just what all all computers are gonna look like, even in stodgy offices. But then in like I don't know twenty or thirty more years, that'll probably look as retro as the like dingy beige. CRT monitors <laughs> in the offices of your. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for beige to come back in style. <laughs> oh boy. Beige computer with a turbo button on it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, all those fashions are in 30 year cycles, right? So maybe it'll be, maybe beige is due to come, come back. Yeah. Only if it's accentuated by RGB colors. Mm. What if it was, what if it was like color shifting, like RGB, but a color shifted, like dingy earth tones. <laughs> it goes, <laughs> it goes from beige to mauve. Wow. (laughs) Some hot stuff. You might be onto something here. Uh, No, and I was going to say, come to think of it, I now have a PC development environment to play with as well, which might solve some of those weird incompatibilities we were running into in the last Ludum Dare, where I was like unable to get certificates for my freaking GitHub and whatever else else was happening. So (laughs) I think that was really just because you ran an ancient version of Source Tree that was busted. Oh, well, either way. It'll hopefully be a little easier to do around this time because now you guys can show me how to do it on the same operating system. Maybe. I don't know. We'll do that for the next Ludum Dare, which is happening in a month. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's happening. Our participation is yet to be seen. Sure. I, l- I think I'd like to do it. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys. Yeah, me too. Me too. Cool. We at least have the dry crew to do that with. Let's see if we can get anyone else. <laughs> dry desert gaming. <laughs> desert boss 2. <laughs> we'll make the sequel so anyways we all did some homework in preparation for today's episode <laughs> some oh, yes. fun homework the most fun homework. i think it's perhaps the most homework we've done for any episode ever hmm have i ever spent more than like four hours five hours like researching or whatever i don't think so maybe 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 one or two times so we watched both sonic movies back to <laughs> not back to back but on two pretty nights close. back to back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last night and the night before. So they're pretty fresh in our minds. Can't mm-hmm. wait to chat about what y'all think about them. I really wish that Andy could be here for this, but you know, he's got life things. And, and Ford, you've also been playing the new Sonic game. That's right. All right. So we've got, we got, this is like this, we actually recorded a Sonic episode. Maybe oh, that was pretty early on, wasn't it? This is the yeah, sequel. I think it was episode 18. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. So, it's been almost 100 episodes since we talked about Sonic. We are due for another one. I'm trying to think of the last time I played a Sonic game, and it might be Sonic 3 for Sega Genesis. Like when it was new? Yeah. <laughs> like way back when. For me, it was probably Sonic. It was called Sonic Adventures, the first one that came out on Dreamcast. Yep. yep. The one with the, the little pets that you could play on your funny little memory card Game Boy thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That was the last Sonic game I ever played. Wow, you guys are behind the times. Hmm. Yeah, but did I really miss out on much? Uh, not really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you missed out on like a two or three games that are genuinely good and a bunch that are mediocre. Yeah, yeah. What are the good ones? I don't know. I'm Sonic Adventure 2, I think, is pretty well regarded. Um, Sonic Generations is good. Sonic Mania, which I recommended before, is is really awesome. And this newest one, right, is decent? Yeah, the, it, it's a little, it's a weird, <laughs> I don't know, do we want to jump into talking about that game right away? <laughs> I don't know, I'm kind of curious now, yeah. So it's, 
a game that once you boot it up, you will be shocked at how much they ripped off Breath of the Wild five years after Breath of the Wild came out. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the only game that's done that. Yeah, it's funny. It took them this long. Mm. It's just, yeah, so it's like got these open world elements. Um, It's got a very similar like vibe and design style even to Breath of the Wild, like the kind of, you know, stone and like ancient technology kind of thing. Even the sound design is very similar. So that's kind of weird. So it's got these open world parts that are kind of strange, like, but they're still pretty fun. I don't know how to describe it without you guys actually playing it. Like, so there's an open world you run around as Sonic, right? But there's all these weird, like, obstacles and stuff, like rails. You know, in Sonic Adventure, I guess you guys even have to even play this one. In Sonic Adventure 2, they had the ability for you to, like, grind on rails. Okay. So that's been a yeah. big mechanic in all the new 3D games. So there will just be these random kind of rails just like in the environment and <laughs> weird like kind of environmental sort of puzzles or like little obstacles and then you kind of collect items for various purposes some of them, you, there's like items to collect that are like upgrade your attack and defense or collect these items to like unlock side stories or to unlock the next part of the actual story stuff like that so there's a lot of just let me just jump on this spring and I go to this rail and I'm going super fast and I jump on this other thing and I get a thing for it. And there's just like a lot of those kind of structures kind of peppered throughout the environment. So there's a little like environmental puzzles and obstacles that you're kind of just like constantly doing. So you're kind of like ping-ponging around and like kind of like pinballing, I guess, because Sonic really is just a, pin, a pinball when it comes down. Yeah. To yeah. I mean, you do have, you know, control over, <laughs> it's not like you have zero control, right? Well, yeah, pinball with some control. Yeah. So, I mean, so you, you, you're running around and then you kind of, <laughs> jump onto a spring and then you got no clue where you're going to go, <laughs> which is a little <laughs> bit weird for an open world game. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you can kind of, I kind of want to explore this way. And then you get on something and just sends you the opposite direction. You're like, Oh, well I'm over here now. And I really, I really find myself picturing that like, there being sort of weird loop de loopy roller coastery type formations on the horizon that you would probably zoom along and go. It, it kind of is like that, except they're not big loop de loops. Like the old school games have They're more oh. just these kind of floating rails in the sky, which is kind of strange. Huh. Hmm. So I think another interesting part of it is that there's kind of these environmental sort of puzzles you also have to solve that will kind of unlock parts of the map. Not really unlock parts of the map that you can go to, but uh, like on the actual like mini map screen, it's all kind of covered up at first, but you kind of do these little puzzles and it will show you different chunks at a time, which kind of, um, so there's like more stuff to do as part of the exploration and kind of learning about the environment, which is kind of cool. I don't know. I kind of dig it. I mean, I, I love open world exploration, Breath of the Wild style type gameplay. So I don't know. Maybe I'd like it a lot. Yeah, I think that aspect is cool. It's not, I think it's probably much shorter and, and less substantial than a game like Breath of the Wild. I think, I think I'm on track to like even 100% this game and probably 20 to 30 hours, I imagine. Yeah. Like it's not okay. a very hmm. big or long game. It's also more in line with other like AAA style kind of modern open world games in that like, Lots of stuff is just displayed on the map. There's not a whole lot of stuff to kind of ad hoc explore unless you're going into the part of the map you haven't gotten. You haven't like unlocked the actual map yet. It's just mm. <laughs> the, the actual, once you kind of start to see the map, it's just crammed with like a million icons, which is kind of stupid. But mm. it's still it's still fun to traverse. They kind of sort of nailed the, I don't know, just movement feels just kind of fun to explore and stuff well, that's super good to hear because i don't know isn't the big isn't the big complaint of the modern 3d sonic game that it, it really just never managed to translate itself to 3d very well you know yes 
So that's the open world. The problem is there's another <laughs> game grafted onto this game that is more oh, like God. the other Sonic games. And it's, I don't know, it's not bad. I think it's just weird that this is a game that's kind of two different games grafted together. So when you're exploring the open world, you find these portals that let you go into cyberspace. Ooh. And these cyberspace levels are basically like regular 3D Sonic kind of levels. <laughs> were, they, were they supposed to be kind of like the, the, the shrines from Breath of the Wild? Kind like of. The, the parallel? Yeah, kind of, I think. Um, and you that's and that, that's kind of the primer where you progress, you get items. You get certain items from completing those levels that will unlock like the Chaos Emeralds, etc. Um, but these levels are really fun sometimes and really not great <laughs> other times. Hmm. Uh so they're 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 a bit hit or miss. Um the 2D sections I should point out that, you know, if you'd played like Sonic Generations, there's you know, the kind of tr- difference between like the more 3D levels and there's actual like side scrolling levels the problem is like they've never really bothered to make the the 2d physics like feel good like they did in the old games so mm. the 2d sections are kind of shit mm. um and a lot of these levels are like woefully short um some of them are like super fun but they're over in like a minute dang so wait do you what for the 2d did they just basically just use the 3d physics and the 3d engine and just kind of flop you into the 2d sort of space i'm mean, just kind of making me think of like the Mario Galaxy 2D parts or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think the physics are exactly the same. They, it definitely like um, has a way different feel to it. It's hard to explain, but like... But they just don't feel as tight. Yeah. Yeah, I think the 3D parts are kind of very much like the modern Sonic like boost style where you, there's like a trigger that you hold down to go faster. And it's just like you're just going super fast. And the, the 2D ones are a little more platformy, um, but they don't have the like momentum that the 2d games had like the 2d games are like actually very kind of groundbreaking in terms of like their physics right because like yeah early you know 2d platformers did not really have a meaningful momentum as you like rolled down a hill um but these this new 3d 2d and 3d like just doesn't really have that as far as i can tell it just like feels like a really mediocre kind of platformer at times and like there's just weird things where you kind of like you'll go on a weird loop-de-loop and if you don't like hold this direction, like you'll just like plop right off of it, in the middle <laughs> of it which is just so bizarre. It's just, uh. It actually reminds me. Uh, so in Super Mario Odyssey, there are, are retro moments where you play like retro Mario, and you even like pixel graphics and everything. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I had the same experience where it didn't feel like the old retro Mario. It actually felt like a like a college student made their first platformer in terms hmm. of like the game feel and just put Mario graphics on it. It also didn't have the same kind of like, you know, Mario even had very, like it had its own sort of tight kind of momentum-y type system going on. But the, the retro sections of Odyssey, for some reason, they just decided not to do that. Very sad. Hmm. You'd think they could just lift it, but I guess that's, I don't know if lifting, a, what is it, assembly code that you would write in <laughs> NES <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to modern C++ or whatever. Yeah, I think that's the kind of unfortunate thing is like even recently we've had a official, even though it was kind of developed by a third party official Sonic game, that's a very legit physics that exactly matched the original games called Sonic Mania. <laughs> they could have, you know, reverse engineered or, you know, just use the numbers of that and they didn't. Yeah, man, it just makes me, it's, it's, it just goes to show, I mean, game feel is such an important topic and like thing to do that is invisible until it feels bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess at least the, you know, the 3D when you're going fast feels really good. So I got that. Yeah, I'm glad that has a good game feel. Hmm. 
I don't know why, but it just started to make me think about mouthfeel. <laughs> mouthfeel? You know, oh, yeah. Mouthfeel is what you just, how you describe like the texture <laughs> or like the sensation of like food or drink in your mouth. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's like when okay. you put like a Switch game in your mouth and it's really bitter, so you have to spit it out. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, like an unfinished Pokemon game. Yeah. I find that the trick is to chew on the <laughs> game first. <laughs> That way you get the full flavor of it, you know, it's the full experience. <laughs> That's the only way to unlock the chips inside yes. the cartridge. Make sure you chew at least 23 times for good digestion. Mm. <laughs> so what they say? <laughs> I think so. Could be, it could be more times. I don't remember. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think Sonic Frontiers is an interesting game. I would definitely, if the idea of an open world Sonic is interesting to you at all i think it's worth playing and i think there's definitely af- aspects of it that are that are really fun i don't know, i guess i feel like i should do it for like ed- edification purposes i've never had a strong attachment to sonic so yeah it, it, would, it would be more like uh it, not homework what's the word i'm trying to i don't know it'd be, it'd be for ed- education as a consumer of nerdy shit mm. i can understand what the kids are raving about these days yeah, I'm thinking about my connection to Sonic and back when I owned Sega Genesis and I was playing all of those Sonic games, including Sonic Spinball, you were saying earlier about how it was like a pinball. That was He was explicitly a pinball in that particular game. And yeah, I mean, I guess I was sort of attached to him and I sort of enjoyed, you know, the experience and got to go fast and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it just... He fell off the side of the world with the Dreamcast since I never played any of the Dreamcast games. Well, the games were so buggy, he literally did that a lot. So, <laughs> you know, you didn't miss that much. <laughs> Fair. But you did watch the Sonic movies. I did. We did. They were... An experience. Some movies. <laughs> they were definitely some movies. I mean, I, I find the these movies are actually quite successful, which I find really interesting. And... I'm I'm not sure who how how real, truly common knowledge this is, but the first Sonic movie had this really really big sort of um, controversy, and so like you know the world knew that the Sonic movie was going to be coming out, and then a trailer drops, and we see you know we know it's going to be like a CG Sonic with like live action humans, and it's going to be a, a mashup between the two, some sort of buddy adventure or whatever, uh, and they reveal the they reveal the, the trailer and the character design of sonic was absolutely horrifying <laughs> he had like little beady eyes and like weirdly human teeth and like fingers right didn't he have like like ungloved hands i oh fuck i have to bring up the whole, <laughs> we have like, to look at sonic I have, I, have to, I have to look at this horror we have to peep the horror original sonic movie design Oh, lordy, lordy. <laughs> the best part is like the, it, it, when it drops in the trailer, it's like this moment where, the, where Sonic and, and the main human character sort of like, m- like meet each other for the first time, I think. And they're both just screaming at each other, which is like a, you know, um, the trope. And so screaming Sonic is just extra, extra awful. Oh, he's, and he's got just like no eyebrows. That's the main issue, isn't it? Like Sonic doesn't have like 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 you know dark eyebrows, but he has like a brow ridge that like communicates the same thing as eyebrows. And the original and this original design just doesn't have it. So just like he looks like fucking <laughs> blue Lord Voldemort to me. <laughs> he looks like a doll. Yeah, he looks like a badly made doll. <laughs> but yeah, and he had sort of like I don't know like a weirdly 
childlike body like it looks like a like a kid in a in a sonic suit so he has like these weirdly <laughs> creepy human proportions <laughs> oh my lord is just awful it's almost like they're trying to make him more realistic like a real hedgehog or like a rat <laughs> yeah that's and that is just missing all of the points isn't it <laughs> uh but really yeah the, the worst part of it is the eyes obviously so when you when you before and after you know that's like the main the main difference that makes Sonic look like Sonic is that he has these really, really large expressive eyes. So I'm really glad. And so what they ended up doing, so, so this, this trailer drops and every, every Fanic Son, oh my God, Fanic Son? Every Sonic fan. <laughs> Fanic. Fa- Fanic is my, uh, my Sonic persona, my, my mm. Sonic Sona. He's, um, he's moss green and he really likes hiking. Anyways, um, <laughs> No, no. So uh, uh, the backlash against this trailer and this, this this sonic design was like so freaking bad that they halted the release of the movie. They delayed it for three months so that they could go back through, redesign Sonic, and re-inject you know the new CG into the footage or whatever. I don't know what that process would have looked like, but thank God they did it. I know I saw some like uh, <laughs> I saw some conspiracy theories on the internet where they were like did that on where they say they did that on purpose just to like drum up publicity for the movie <laughs> there's no way they made money off of that that cost them millions upon so millions much. of dollars i'm sure yeah um but it paid off because well first of all there was a sequel and there was two movies one of them just came out this year yeah box office uh well the budget was 85 to 90 million which is actually lower than i was expecting and the box office was 320 million hmm. not too bad so that's uh pretty awesome and it, I, I would imagine that that budget was blown up a bit by that redesign of Sonic. So that's pretty sweet. So let's see what in the Sonic the Hedgehog 2, uh, again, budget nine, 90 to 110 million, worldwide total 402.7 million. So it's actually really successful, I think. That's mm-hmm. that's considered quite successful by Hollywood standards, right? I think so. It probably depends yeah. on the marketing budget, but. Yeah, it's true. I, uh, I liked. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I um I didn't particularly like the first film. I thought it was weirdly not very much like in the spirit of Sonic. Like it didn't feel like a Sonic movie. It's like there was a blue hedgehog and he was fast. And then it stopped being like a Sonic movie after that. Mm. It was a little too like I don't know, it was too too grounded in like real life Earth when like the the original Sonic shit never took place on Earth, did it? I don't know. Or or it was like a weird alternate Earth, right? With I don't think it was explicit one way or the other. It's like yeah. green hills and ancient ruins and stuff like that. Yeah, there's some fairly bizarre canon involving like what planet things actually take place on that I think is fairly complicated. I don't know the whole story, but I was gonna say you had some deep lore to share with us. I don't know. It's, there's very few. There are some cases where Sonic interacts with humans, but like in the old games, there were like no humans. Right, and is Doctor Robotnik like a human in like what? It, I think so. And he's and he's from Earth. He's just, he's just bag shaped. He's just egg shaped. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think there's like a dimensional traveling <laughs> situation. He's just. He's just a guy there. Right. Yeah. I don't know. The. <laughs> the I, I I can be a little hypercritical sometimes, but like I, at the very beginning of this movie, it opens up with like a flash forward of the climax of the film. Like they felt like they needed to do this for a Sonic movie. So like Doctor Robotnik's chasing him through fucking San Francisco. 
and he's like running through all the traffic and leaving blue trails and they're like freeze frames and he's like i wonder how you, I, I bet you're wondering how i got here do, 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 do. <laughs> then we have to like flashback it's like is that really necessary for a sonic movie seriously <laughs> yeah my comment at the time was like do they think people are going to like walk out in the first two minutes if there's no like action and things aren't there's blowing up? some fucking explosions and titties and if there's isn't one of those in the <laughs> beginning of a movie in a pg movie <laughs> sonic. that's what i'm looking for yeah they're gonna games of thrones it for us <laughs> well, watch out for that sonic sexploitation <laughs> or no sex sorry sex position yeah and then it did and then it then it you know went to all the way to this weird mysterious backstory with that fucking owl is that normal yeah. in sonic i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna ask this a lot like is that part of sonic canon or is this added for the movie i'm 99 percent sure that i mean i know that like there's no like Sonic was raised by an owl thing. There may be owls <laughs> somewhere. There's no way that that is like a thing in the games at all. Yeah. I think, I mean, the big plot setup is kind of like, it, it serves a function in the plot, right? Like the point is to set up his character so that he's like alone and is like hiding from yeah. people. And like, is it kind of sets up his character as like, he's kind of lonely, but he's kind of hyper and always talks to himself, which is kind of interesting. It's a different take on the character. Right. It's a very different take on the character. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of, it makes sense that they had a kind of backstory like that to, in order, and also to set up the whole like traveling between planets thing, which yeah. is like not really a thing in the games at all. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the movie, one, the, uh, you know, we know, we know a big part of Sonic is the rings and it's just a round thing that you collect that isn't a coin because it's the anti Mario. But, <laughs> now it's mutated to the fact that the rings are the interdimensional travel device. And if you throw a ring and you think of the place you want to go, it like blows up and then it becomes a portal to where you want to go. And so that's how Sonic gets to our world. He's fleeing because that his mommy owl says he has too much power and everyone else is going to want his power. So he has to flee and stay hidden. That's how the movie starts. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't know if there's any other lore again, reminded that there was like an entire comic book series of Sonic stuff that I am not really that familiar with. So there could be all sorts of weird shit in there that I don't know. <laughs> But I do want to point out that at least the idea of rings as teleporting you to someplace else is actually kind of from the games. Because at least in Sonic 1, maybe Sonic CD, definitely Sonic 3 and Knuckles, you jump into a giant ring to go to the special stage. Oh, okay. So that's at least a valid thing. Yeah. Is it related to the rings you collect to not die? No, I don't uh, think okay. so. <laughs> well, you in Sonic 1, you need to collect a certain number of regular rings before the big one shows up at the end of the level i think okay all right well there's 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 some there's some basis there it does remind me i think it was in the second movie he loses like he gets hit and it loses his bag of rings and it makes the noise yeah yeah <laughs> that was a funny little reference uh, i also think it's kind of funny though that like never have those rings been treated as a finite resource even though he just has like a baggie of them like in the second movie they're using them to like travel around like willy-nilly like sending his human family off on vacation and he's like yeah you know these are incredibly precious teleportation devices but yeah here just go to hawaii <laughs> apparently they're, they're worth less than a plane ticket apparently <laughs> maybe he just has ways to get more now i don't know um but yeah so the first movie he's like it's about him kind of being alone and then because he's lonely and tries to play baseball with himself his latent <laughs> powers sort of explode as he's like running around the bases and having like a meltdown and then it creates a big blue explosion, which again, pretty, I don't know if this is canon that Sonic is some sort of crazy, you know, cold fusion device or something that everyone <laughs> wants to get their hands on. 
I saw I saw a tweet a while ago. Probably it was probably like right after the first movie came out about like how many people would have died if like there was a giant power outage that covered like the entire planet. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> all the people, a lot. or just the, mm-hmm. even the entire Pacific Northwest, like any like hospital emergency room yep. with like any kind of life support devices. Did it knock out? You know, did it knock out like navigation of planes or <laughs> I don't know who, who the f knows. Well, that just went to a dark place. Thanks. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so his big his big blue explosion draws the attention of the United States government, who uh, hires Doctor Robotnik, <laughs> as one does, which I found crazy. Um, but Doctor Robotnik, Jim Carrey, is probably one of the best parts of these movies, um, more so in the second film than the first one. But he was pretty good in the first one, I guess. He, I felt like they didn't write him for Jim Carrey, or like Jim Carrey wasn't bringing his Jim Carreyness. I felt like his Jim Carreyness and the Dr. Robotnikness were a little at odds with each other or something. I don't know if you guys felt the same way hmm. in the first film. I feel like I haven't seen anything Jim Carrey has been in in probably like 20 years. <laughs> he doesn't do, he doesn't do as much anymore. So yeah, yeah, I know definitely hard not to see like Ace Ventura popping in while he's trying to perform a Dr. Robotnik. He was still pretty fun though. I have weird feelings about his side character. What is his name? Dr. Stone, Mr. Dr. Mr. Stone. Stone. Yeah, Mr. Stone. Okay, you know, is he canon in any part, any, any way? Not that I know of. Not that I can think of. He just needed a, a foil slash, I don't even think he's a foil. He's more just like a, like a, something to bounce off of a little a bit. Sidekick. Yeah. Punching bag. And a punching bag, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for the inevitable, like, betrayal when he's done with being a punching bag, but it didn't come in two movies. Maybe the third one. Could be. I mean, clearly, they're setting up for a third movie. The Sonic trilogy, it'll be as well-loved in 20 years as the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> I just want to say I had to Google... Sorry, it's Agent Stone. So I, I had to Google right. Sonic canon Agent Stone, and one of the first things on the first page of, Google, of the Google results is titled, Dr. Eggman and Agent Stone need to hurry up and kiss. <laughs> well, okay, I'm glad I wasn't the only one who saw it. <laughs> the gay tension it, le- it might it might be one-sided to be honest i'm pretty sure it's just mm-hmm. stone has a crush on on him yeah. dr robotnik but it's definitely definitely there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> he remembers his favorite latte worker he does he also lovingly crafts latte portraits of him yeah so i think there's a lot of and then he was then he was fucking designing him an outfit like come on <laughs> <laughs> I did like that character a little better in the second movie. Again, I thought they were both better. You can see that, I guess, the first movie was setting up to be like an origin story, I guess, for both characters, because Sonic and Eggman slash Dr. Botnick were both very much more like the characters I would have imagined them to be in a movie in the second movie. At least I thought so. Like, Sonic was like a lot more confident in himself. Like, it was weird to have a not so confident Sonic. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that was the thing that was really bugging me in that first movie which I think is just a product of like have, putting him on earth, which again, I don't know if I like that decision. Like, okay, we've got a mo- we got a Mario movie coming up and it just takes complete place as a CG movie in the Mario universe. I just kind of feel like maybe a Sonic movie could do that and be better. I really, <laughs> I <laughs> listen, I, I love this guy in Westworld or whatever, Teddy. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Yeah, that was a little bit weird as well, because like <laughs> that is the one identity I have for that particular actor. Like I don't know him outside of Westworld. And every yeah. time I see him, I'm thinking, 
Teddy, 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 Teddy. <laughs> it, 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 also, his character's name was Tommy? Wasn't it a T name? It was just Foxy. Tom? Tom across Tom. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So just also, he's got another T name. But yeah, I just... It taking place on Earth and having goofy human sidekick characters to Sonic is also weird and annoying to me. <laughs> like, there's some parts of it that I guess I was okay with, but yeah, I don't know. This this film ain't no like Roger Rabbit with like this cartoon <clears throat> live action human like like synergies going on. So it wasn't the same. I was really glad in the second movie when it focused a lot more on just like the CG characters plus Jim Carrey's Doctor Robotnik. He was fine. He, he he fit he fit in with the rest i but yeah the, the whole the whole hawaii subplot in the second movie man oh my god I, so right <laughs> this is this is like an animated kids movie and so when when i, I was like sitting down it's like you know eight o'clock my time and it's like 10 o'clock your guys's time or at least for your time yeah um just down to watch these movies so like i'm like at least this will be like an hour and a half long ish movie because like a kids movie whatever and that's what the first movie was right it was like a little maybe a little more than an hour and a half yeah. Then we sit down to watch the second movie yesterday, and lo and behold, it's over two hours long. <laughs> like it needs to be this like epic saga of Sonic and told in like these like extra long movies. It was kind of funny, uh, again, to kind of get into the well, the plot of the second one where they were kind of at some point they go try to find the Master Emerald, right? The big MacGuffin. Which thank God, it, it actually felt like a Sonic game, like a plot from a Sonic game in a movie, yeah. which I'm I'm cool with. Yeah, and when, then when they finally got there, I'm like, oh, this movie could, this could be the final battle and this could end right now, right? And it's like, nope, there's 40 minutes left. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I don't think the movie felt long. I thought pacing-wise it was fine, but it's like, does this really need to be two hours long? No, it did not at all. And I really think that the issue, they could have, I really think they could have quite easily cut all of the human subplots mm. with like Hawaii and weddings and all this nonsense. <laughs> that that uh, i uh, could you just explain it because like i can't even my it's so like it's it didn't it's so like was stupid and like didn't compute in my head after <laughs> it happened like you have to explain it because i'm just like not gonna be able to even say it with a straight face all right right so so tom has a wife and his wife has a sister and those are kind of the three main sort of human characters and kind of in both movies uh the sister hates tom doesn't think that she's good for for her sister, his wife. And so there's a, it, she's kind of a, more like a, like a, like a side character in the first movie where like they end up invading her house and kind of kidnapping her in her own house as they're trying to like keep Sonic safe or whatever. Kind of funny, whatever, I suppose. But yeah, she becomes more of a main character in this movie and <laughs> it's because she's having a wedding in Hawaii. And that's why the other two human characters go off to Hawaii and leaving Sonic like alone in, um, montana uh and so while sonic you know ends up getting like attacked by dr robotnik and has it going all these adventures uh tom and all the human characters are doing human drama shit in hawaii so they're trying he and his like sister-in-law are trying to bury the hatchet her fiance soon-to-be husband is this like super hunky cool dude who's also trying to i guess help but he's just being mostly cool and hunky and and making tom feel a little inferior i guess uh, even even though like he's clearly like as cut and, and muscly as like the other right. guys yeah it was kind of weird but he's actually. wearing a shirt <laughs> it, it was kind of weird actually he like flexes back at him and like he's got guns and they kind of act like he didn't and it was very weird yeah <laughs> um and then uh right so the whole thing is like oh you better not ruin this wedding like 
he, he never anything unrelated to Sonic has like no indication that he would do anything like that. So then, uh, then, then Sonic does ruin the wedding. He like, he like forces Tom to like grab a ring and, and like open a portal because he's fleeing from avalanche. And so, you know, he opens the ring up right in front of the altar and like the avalanche comes through and ruins the entire wedding. But that's okay because, uh, the whole wedding was actually a sting set up by the U S government and, (laughs) (laughs) and, and the whole thing was actually to catch, to catch Sonic in the first place, including, including the fiance. Uh, and, so like it is it's it's absolute fucking nonsense why would they think that sonic would be there he wasn't invited <laughs> to the wedding why would he be at the wedding did would the, why would they not just stake out his house does sonic never leave the house no i'm pretty sure they show him leaving the house why the fuck didn't they just stake out his house they they set up they yeah and the, not only is it a sting the fact the fucking guy that she's getting married to was like an undercover dude this whole time so they set up this whole fucking romance fake catfishing situation just to catch well, sonic uh, at a wedding this is nonsense the fb <laughs> and they actually called it operation catfish yeah. that was the name of the operation um and then, but then it's also like this fiance dude, because he's just, you know, I mean, he's just so unbelievably cool and hunky. He actually has second thoughts and <laughs> actually has fallen in love with this woman. And there's like a sequence where the two, uh, these, these two human characters do like this whole, like raiding the FBI, like the hotel that's been invaded by the FBI waiting for the pickup from the helicopter <laughs> where Son- Sonic and Tails, by the way, Tails is in this movie and he's fucking annoying. Um <laughs> Uh, anyways, they're like kidnapped or whatever. And there's like a, like a, like a 20 minute long sequence where they're like rescuing them. And I guess it was supposed to be this badass moment, but I was just sort of like, I just, this is, I don't want all this emphasis on the human characters at all. It doesn't. Ugh. And then okay, the, the best part though, the best part is at the end of the sequence, she reunites with her former fiance slash whatever, like, and he, they, they re-profess their love to each other and they kiss and they're never seen in the movie again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even get a little Dana Mont scene at the end with that. It's just gone. There's still, there's still the other two human characters who are, you know, Tom and his, and his wife, because he's like, they're like Sonic's family. They do maintain a through line through the rest of the film and like end up as this, you know, family in the end. But yeah, the other two characters, the other two human characters, boop, they're out. Maybe they'll be back in the sequel. Who knows? <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot of bitching about this movie, even though I did say I kind of liked it. But those are the things that really bugged me about the movie. Well, technically, I think you said you liked it better than the first one. I did. The thing with the first one is it was just very unremarkable. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I actually kind of slightly enjoyed the first one, maybe a little more. I mean, maybe about the same, honestly. I thought the first one was like quite a bit funnier. Actually, I thought like not all the jokes landed. Some of the jokes are really stupid and bad. But some of the jokes I thought were actually quite funny. And the second movie was like more action-y and fun, but it like wasn't very funny. Trevor, you're going to have to help me remember do you remember me laughing more in the first one or the second <laughs> one? I'm pretty sure it was the second one. But weirdly, like, there, there's really stupid things making me laugh in movies, and the things that are supposed to be jokes, I usually just kind of go. <laughs> I want to say that it was the second the second uh, film you laughed more at, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, sure if that's actually the case or if I'm just primed to think that by what you're how you're describing both of the films. Oh shit, I just built the horse to you, didn't I? Yeah. I just primed you to say yes to the second film. Pretty much. <laughs> but it's all right i think that the stakes are low enough that i'm comfortable being wrong if i am in fact wrong about this there are also like a lot of kind of stupid pop culture references crammed in not like excessively but like there were enough of them that it was kind of annoying which i feel like it was worked slightly better in the first movie but by the second one it was just kind of tedious and stupid 
Well, you know, the big the big thing that makes the second movie superior to the first movie was that there was only one instance of a character flossing, and by flossing, <laughs> I mean the stupid dance in the second movie. Whereas in the first movie, Sonic literally flosses in two separate times about an hour apart from each other. <laughs> and it's absolutely un- uh, unbelievable. But uh, there it is. In two Sonic movies, the, a character flosses three times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the pop culture reference part because then it makes the movie less timeless, right? Like Sonic should be its own reference. It's referencing a thing that people know and love. <laughs> That's like the, uh, the cardinal sin of like, you see it in horror movies. It's like, don't, don't have the characters watching a better movie in your movie. <laughs> you know, like here's a movie where the characters watch the thing. Like don't remind people that there is a better movie <laughs> when you're watching this movie. That's all I've actually never heard that before. It's amazing. The, the the one that really got me was uh, at one point Sonic does like uh, the worst like like um, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. <laughs> but is it the same guy? Is it the same voice act? No. Isn't it Ben Schwartz? Surely not. Sonic uh, voice actor. Oh my god! It fucking is. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right I'll I'll eat my words on that one. That's he's referencing himself. It's still a weird move. Like why would they? <laughs> It's a Why weird would they move. call attention to the voice actor? It's a little strange. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you were to, I would have done it like just more subtly, like like made like a like a reference to his character, but not like being his character, like very like mm. taking you out of it. It makes me. I don't know why. But I also thought of um, remember in Moana, and I wonder if you think this is the same sort of thing, or if this is more timeless. Maybe just because of the cultural impact, but when. Um, Maui is uh, signing. He like takes like the chicken and signs her or his like with his name, and he goes, "When you use a bird, it's called tweeting," <laughs> and, and that's the joke. <laughs> Maybe that'll be timeless. I doubt it. <laughs> with, the, with the trajectory of Twitter, probably not. <laughs> or it'll become historic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Ben Schwartz. You know, I even looked him up. I, I don't know why he didn't look like John Ralphio to me in this picture. It's really funny. While I'm at while I'm IMDBing this movie, um, Maddie Wachowski, the, uh, uh, Tom's wife, Tika Sumter, and she looks extremely familiar to me. And I'm trying to figure out where else I've seen her. I actually really liked her and her character, even though I don't like the humans in general. <laughs> I just don't like the fact that they're humans that they have so much uh, uh, prominence. But I did actually like her. But yeah, I, you 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 um you referenced this a little bit earlier. But one thing I one thing I really liked more, and I wonder if like one thing I liked more about the second movie is that it was just felt more like derived from the Sonic games. Mm-hmm. It had like a Chaos Emerald plot. It had like Doctor Robotnik not as this like a rogue agent of the United States government, just being a mad scientist, like attached to nothing, and you know the the having more Sonicy characters, Knuckles and Tails are both in this movie. Like all of those things made it feel just a lot more like like a Sonic movie should have been. And I kind of found myself wondering, why wasn't this just the first movie? Like, I, obviously, some things they probably couldn't have done, but, like, they could have made the first movie a lot more like that. Yeah, it's weird. The first movie almost feels, like, purely, like, set up for the Yeah, it's like a prequel. <laughs> it's like, we got to explain, like, why, where Sonic comes from mm-hmm. and, like, why Sonic acts the way he does. And we got to take Robotnik from, like, a real dude and turn him into a crazy dude. Yeah. And they do that in the plot of the first movie. I know, yeah, they could have, I feel like they could have made the first movie just a funny flashback. They could have opened that movie with a funny flashback that recapped the whole first movie, essentially, and just opened up with the <laughs> second movie. <laughs> yeah. 
you're probably wondering why I'm in this particular situation at the very beginning of this movie. <laughs> yeah, let me flash forward, then flash back, and then flash present, and then back. Well, what if they What if they did the flash forward thing at the very beginning of the first movie, and then they just went from that straight into the second movie, skipping over the entire first movie? Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have cared. Okay. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I don't. I don't need to. I don't even know. Like, I don't know, what, what character motivation? Doctor Robotnik just is a mad genius, evil guy chasing Sonic. Cool. Great. I get it. Sonic's very fast. <laughs> I do think it is really funny the way they set up Robotnik, though. Like the idea of sending him to a different planet where he kind of partially loses his mind <laughs> and shaves his head and grows a big mustache and becomes obsessed with mushrooms. No, dude, that was amazing. And like, that was a much better opener for that film than the. That was the opener for the for the second film was watching Dr. Robotnik live his life on the mushroom planet. And that was super great. I loved it. And yeah, Jim Carrey definitely upped the craziness. And I think, I think it was that the character was better written for Jim Carrey as well. I really, I really do think that was a big aspect of it, Hmm. but maybe not. I don't know (laughs) when he was in the big giant robot and he's just able to like hover in place because like his like control scheme was like him hovering in place and just moving his body to make the robot move. Just watching him be Jim Carrey, be Dr. Robotnik while floating like being hovering hovering it was that was awesome it was so good Mm. (laughs) i'm actually surprised that there aren't more like memes of dr robotnik there's the one right the one of him pushing the button like Mm. uh, (laughs) yeah which is great but there's a few others that totally could have been memes maybe we should maybe we can push that Mm. there you go go scrub through the movie look for a good good clip (laughs) there's one of him eating popcorn could have been good i'll think (laughs) oh the other Apropos of nothing, the other kind of annoying thing I didn't like about the second movie that I kind of liked more about the first movie, all the, like, the needle drops, like, all the licensed music in the second movie is all, like, totally mainstream stuff you've heard before, whereas all the cool music moments in the first movie were, I've, at least I had never heard those songs, hmm. so it's a little more unique, whereas, like, hmm. I don't know, using music like that, the way they did it in the second movie just felt a little cheesy to me. I don't know. There's definitely movies that, like, use that kind of needle drop sort of style with, like, really famous music like guardians of the galaxy and they like use it really well because it also ties into the plot yeah yeah it seemed not seem kind of unnecessary the only music the only music moment i really found very memorable was when his cell phone rang in the middle of the wedding and it was the green hills music yeah <laughs> <laughs> that just brought me right into it it's just, you know it's very iconic very iconic sound effects and music in sonic so mm-hmm. the ring the rings and the music i think there's more references to the series of games in the second movie like the, oh, yeah, uh, by a lot. the coffee place being called like the mean bean. <laughs> That's a reference. Tell me. Yeah. You never played Dr. Robotics mean bean machine on the Sega Genesis. Uh, 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 was that kind of like Dr. Mario? That's like Puyo Puyo. Oh, so I it's don't... a puzzle game. It's okay. same, same shit. <laughs> well, that's pretty sick. Um, no, I, I think I was really more just getting, there's a few things, right? That he, he actually literally says, gotta go fast in the first, in the second movie. He says his catchphrase. He says it once in the first one, too, I think. Wait, really? I missed it. Yeah, I think it was kind of a short, kind of throwaway thing. They did reference Chili Dogs a couple times in both movies. It was a bit more blatant yeah. in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to ask, though. And, and this, this kid Brendan really liked annoying shit. Kid <laughs> Brendan loved Scrappy-Doo. Don't ask me why. Kid <laughs> Brendan did like Tails. 36-year-old Brendan wanted to fucking kill that stupid thing in this movie he was so annoying and like i don't actually usually get that angry about dumb annoying characters but for some reason this tales made me like see red he was so annoying 
<laughs> I can't say that I agree. I didn't really get that. Oh my god! It was, and it, I, I think I think part of it was like he 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 has this huge personality switch, where like when he's because like he's seeking Sonic out in the beginning of the movie, he's like competent and confident, and like wants to tell Sonic all the things. And then the moment Sonic accepts him and wants him to go on an adventure, suddenly he becomes this huge fucking doubtful, like the whiny character that doesn't want to do anything. And it's like, wait, are you the same person that that was in the first 20 minutes of this movie? What happened to you? And then he never stops being annoying like that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're clearly trying to set up the arc of Tails as like being not confident and then (sighs) shows that, you know, by working with Sonic, he can be more confident. But yeah, as you said, it's not, (laughs) not executed very well at all. It's also just a stupid voice. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry whoever voice acted him, but God, he was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side, uh, who who even voiced Knuckles? You, uh, it's Idris Elba. Was it Idris Elba? Okay, yes. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> and mm. that man has a lovely, lovely voice. I could hear him do <laughs> Knuckles all the time. Yeah. I think he was great as Knuckles. I didn't think Knuckles was especially well written. I mean, they kind of, they kind of got his arc of like he gets fooled by Robonic yeah. and then kind of slowly sees through it. But like, the stuff that was like him that was like supposed to be funny was just like not very funny. At the very end of the movie, when he's like part part of their clan and stuff, that all that shit was really annoying to me. Yeah. But I did I did like him when he was actually like a serious warrior mm-hmm. and and having his little arc. But yeah, whatever. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'll enjoy hearing Idris Elba voice him in the third movie. <laughs> when we we had our our big reveal in the mid credit sequence for oh my god movie that yeah. the shadow is going to be in the next one. Oh of boy, he is. I'm excited. I really hope they reuse the f- <laughs> the footage just like they did with Tails. So in the first movie, Tails had a a teaser where he's like flying you know over the the town in Montana, Green Hills, and they literally just lifted that footage and put it in the second movie <laughs> when, yep. they, when they introduced him. It's like, wow. So I'm sure we'll be seeing that clip again in, in Sonic three, the movie Sonic three, the hedgehog. That's <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when, whenever I see that movie, Sonic, whenever I see the poster, it just looks like Sonic two, the hedgehog to me. Someone did some <laughs> bad typography. Maybe this will be Sonic, the hedgehog. <laughs> Uh, or maybe they'll just replace one of the letters with a three. It'll be like so threeic, the hedgehog. <laughs> or maybe Sony three. Yeah. C kind of the C kind of could be a three, right? Reverse the Backwards. C, add a line, boom, you've yeah. got a three. Man, we're typographic geniuses. <laughs> I mean, that's really the hard part in making a new movie. So, like, we've solved that problem for them. So they may as well just have <laughs> the you know third movie come out like. Next we just year. saved them like yeah, seventy million of their ninety million budget, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, I don't know. Was there anything? Was there anything else that was like? I, I thought this conversation could be a bit about like just like what's the essence of Sonic and like what parts of it was in the movie and what was missing. I really think that the. I mean, I, I guess the thesis statement is here is that, that the second movie is a lot more the essence of Sonic than the first was. But I don't know. I mean, hmm. yeah, I think so. I mean, the essence of Sonic is that going fast is fun. True. But like, how do you translate that into a movie? <laughs> because <laughs> like this like the weird i mean the thing is obviously the early sonic games had no like plot or story or character really you just kind of get mm-hmm. a vague vibe of the characters of it was vaguely sonic that and... dr robotnik is kidnapping animals and forcing them to be in robots and we're setting them free 
yeah, the plot and the lore of the later games gets very weird and almost very self-serious. Whereas these <laughs> movies were like very, very light. Actually, yeah. that's kind of one of the things I want to bring up is like the tone of the first movie was so weirdly light compared to like what was happening on screen at sometimes that was very bizarre to me. I mean, obviously it's a kid's movie, right? It's a PG effectively a kid's movie, mm-hmm. but the aspects of like where the generals are in the, you know, the meeting, <laughs> like deciding to send in Dr. Robotic, like the movie kind of didn't take that serious at all. It kind of felt like it was almost played as a joke completely. Right. And they're like, they're like rushing down the highway and shit's blowing up and like surely innocent people are in danger right now. <laughs> yeah. But it's like wacky hijinks. Yeah. Like, and like, there's the parts where this was so bizarre to me in the first movie where Tom sees on the TV, he's like, this man is wanted for a terrorist attack. And he has like no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> he's like, he's like a cop trying to like advance his career and he's just like throwing his career away potentially for this alien. <laughs> yep. He just doesn't care. It's very, it just reads very strangely. Like, why, why draw attention to some of these things in the movie if you're not going to like have the characters react in like a real way? Yeah, I didn't think like it definitely hit me because I was I was relating to him as an adult and that, you know, could could be in a situation like that. And you're really just kind of pointing out to me that a kid probably wouldn't put that necessarily put that together as easily. Huh. This is there's always a thing though, is like making sure that remembering is a fucking kids movie. Yeah. <laughs> but you can make kid shit that's also really good and deep and really well executed, like Steven Universe or Adventure Time or something. Yeah, I think I'm realizing that the essence of Sonic is really not much more than Sonic is cool. Sonic is cool. He goes fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. He wasn't very cool in the first movie, and that's why I had some issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then he started snowboarding in the second one, and then he was cool. He became super effing cool in the second one because of the snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you actually, one thing that was getting, one thing that was starting to get me about it, though, and and this is also another conversation about essence is what separates Sonic, especially if he's living on Earth with humans, from like the Flash. Very similar characters, right? They go fast and they have like very like lighthearted, goofy personalities, right? And it's it's it, there's even these sequences where he's doing very Flash like things, right? It's like time slows down and he's going normal speed and everyone else is frozen and he's doing shit to them or whatever. Which, by the way, always bugs me because why does gravity pull on him? faster while he's going fast (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah what what is what is making it uh what is it what is separating sonic from like something like the flash and is it really just like the supporting cast right is it like something like robotnik that really makes it sonicky because i I thought he made it very sonicky yeah it kind of seems like it i get i don't know that much about the flash but i can't think of anything else that (laughs) makes sonic like unique aside from that stuff you know chili dogs chaos emeralds rings the Chaos Emeralds bit definitely definitely is important. And it's like it's a Sonic thing. Like I know that I know it's sort of just like a MacGuffin, but like it's very core to Sonic, so who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like it sort of fit in well with Dr. Robotnik going crazy and, you know, having mind over matter via Chaos Emerald. It seemed like a good divergence. Like <laughs> That, that I do remember. I think it's that, you know, like I said, weird things make me laugh. A lot of times it's like the visual comedy of something rather than like the line of dialogue or the joke. So mm-hmm. like the first time his character encounters, so he's, he's absorbed the chaos emerald. And then for some reason, the United States government has just teleported to green Hills and is surrounding the coffee shop, which I'm not really sure why, but then he emerges floating and like his arms sort of spread out like a, like an angel. And he just like zooms forward. Like that shit makes me laugh. <laughs> just Jim Carrey doing that dumb shit. It's so fun. 
it's usually like that or like once like 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 a like a very short little like character reaction to something will often be the funny thing to me just like a facial expression is sonic i'm sorry is shadow gonna have a gun you think (laughs) (laughs) that would be like the big reveal of like they're all they're fighting they're racing each other and then shadow just pulls out a gun that might be too much for a kids movie actually yeah i i feel like if it would have to be pg-13 or something if they were actually going to be gunning it up maybe he'll have a taser gun like all the other characters did in this movie <laughs> i don't know if you noticed that yeah that was weird oh that um, <laughs> that was a genuinely funny moment when they oh yeah the when the uh the priest at the wedding had the gun in the bible <laughs> that was great that's a great gag i love that yes i did laugh at that That made the whole stupid wedding bit worth it <laughs> Do y'all do y'all have like a favorite moment aside from that? Hmm. Nothing pops to mind for me. I mean, there, I think there were a couple moments in the first movie that I thought were really funny. I did appreciate his like Sonic's kind of whole intro kind of spiel. I thought was really funny, like when he's introducing his cave and how he lives his life. Yeah, and all that shit. and Don't like introducing all the humans. That's the lady. Those are cute. It was born without bones. <laughs> also good. i think i did the times when they use the like sonic is really fast bit but like in a kind of unique way i think is pretty funny like the one maybe there's just this one example but like when <laughs> just the scene where tom's like yeah pacific ocean is that way it's west can't miss it and then sonic like runs and comes back with the fish on his head he's like yeah well i've learned that you <laughs> that the pacific ocean is really cold and wet <laughs> yeah that was a pretty good moment there's a few of those right like where he, um, like I see that with a ring, but it's still funny. Like robs, he like doesn't rob. He like buys stuff from the convenience store by like teleporting oh, yeah. the ring and grabbing and then leaving the money. Stuff like that's pretty funny. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know if I don't really consider this a, a favorite. I guess I consider it a favorite moment. I actually did like when he went supersonic. That was kind of a fun payoff. Mm-hmm. It's fun. To, it was fun to watch him get super powerful and like kick ass and the golden streak killing the robot and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually pretty sweet. I'm I'm surprised that that's a moment that actually is sticking out in my brain, but I don't know what it is. And then my red hot hatred of tails sticking out in my brain. <laughs> what about the classic Russian dance off scene? That's great, right? <laughs> that's when I realized this this movie has an overabundance of muscular shirtless men for some reason. <laughs> there's like a whole scene where the the groom guy is is with all of his groomsmen and they're they're playing volleyball and then just chilling out and doing like pistol squats and shit <laughs> it's almost like they, they like focus group like how do they how do we get the moms to to sit down and watch this movie oh make it more like magic mike got it yeah and then uh yeah and then and then there's this this uh Siberian, the whole, the whole, I'm actually now curious about Siberian culture only because I want to know how much of it was actually put in this movie and how much it was just made the fuck up. That that would be (laughs) kind of weird if they just made it up. I don't know, man. I probably would find Siberian culture interesting because I, you know, growing up in upstate New York, I think the, I think the environments are similar, wintry and foresty. They probably use a lot of logs in their architecture. (laughs) I don't know. And, um, yeah, uh, I looked it up because I was just so excited, so excited for the next one. It's coming out in December 2024. So an enti- we got to wait an entire year to see whether Sonic, that, oh my God, to see whether Shadow two is going to have a... That's two years. December. <laughs> wait, it's 2022. You're right. Two years? <laughs> no, I can't wait no. two years to watch more Sonic. Yeah. Well, they have to have enough time to render Shadow the Hedgehog convincingly. Yep. 
Ooh, a spinoff miniseries starring Knuckles is in development and scheduled to be released in 2023. Wow. Oh my God, are they going Marvel Cinematic Universe? Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I thought I thought that was going to be coming when uh, the, 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 the Sega like splash screen, like this is a Sega movie and it like showed like a bunch of like footage from old Sega games basically. <laughs> yeah, no, when we were watching it, you said that comment like, they're going to make movies of all these. Like, there's no fucking way they're going to do that unless these are wildly successful, which they kind of are. Well, it kind of is. They're really leaving that door open. Yeah, <laughs> they had like every fucking game on there. I'd love to watch. Yeah, let's let's make a space harrier movie. <laughs> What's that movie going to be? Yeah, about? maybe Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who what else could they make a movie of? Knights. <laughs> there, they had Yakuza on there. I think there's already a Yakuza movie. Yeah. Well. I mean, not a big, not a, like a big budget Western movie, obviously, but, it, but something like that, it's like, it, that's already based on like a real thing that there are Yakuza movies. So like a movie about right. Yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> not the most original concept. <laughs> not really an IP there. Well, guys, do we have any other, any thoughts, any other parting thoughts about, uh, Oh, I think Amy's going to be in Sonic three. Oh, nice. Ooh, pretty sure I see. I don't know. Are these fake or not fake, fake images? I mean. I don't see how anyone else would make a fake, like highly rendered with like the same kind of fur and shit. Are they just going to keep on introducing more and more of the animal characters until there's no space for the human characters anymore? Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds great. Are there any other main characters after Amy and Shadow? Those are the ones I know of. Uh, as far as like Sonic lore and canon and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I guess they could start pulling in all the fan Sonic Sonas. Until it's just <laughs> I mean, there's there's ton, there's tons more Sonic characters. I mean, you gotta have Big the Cat. Do you remember Big the Cat? Nope. No. Do you remember E one hundred two Gamma? Nope. Big no. the Cat. I don't know. You don't know Big the Cat? Oh, okay. I recognize this character. Sort of. He loves he loves fishing and he loves his froggy. I mean, they're gonna run out. They're gonna run out of colors. Like, so Big <laughs> the Cat's purple. There's only yeah. six real. There's only six main. Well, I guess there's six. You know, normal color like color colors, and then there's like white, gray, and black, and brown. So that's that's the number of Sonic characters that are allowed. <laughs> nine, nine characters. Yeah, they gotta have uh, Silver the Hedgehog from the from the best Sonic game, Sonic 06. <laughs> it does seem really funny that they're they're kind of progressing through the plot of the game so quickly. Not that there's you know, not that they're actually following any real plot, but honestly, Mar Marvel movies do that too with their like with their like characters, right? You know, it's, it's some some movies, some of these superhero movies have like two main villains per movie you know like i think like the batman movies and stuff yeah you can get through it fast gotta go fast <laughs> right <laughs> but they're kind of rapidly reaching the point where like the sonic story just starts to sort of like fall apart again not like the genesis ones really had that much stuff but there was some continuity between sonic adventure or sonic adventure 2 shadow sonic 06 sonic heroes and that stuff but like there's not much there's not there's not that much there <laughs> <laughs> hmm. so like what are they gonna obviously they can just write their own shit but they kind of yeah, they can just make some things up i feel like after those games is where sonic just started to kind of like implode in on itself like <laughs> like that was like sonic generations came out in 2011 and that was the very like retro nostalgia backward looking one because it was all levels hmm. from the previous games and it didn't really have like a plot of its own really it kind of did but and like since then there's been like not very many sonic games at all <laughs> so just seeing, I've got like a character chart. It's like what your favorite characters say about you. So let's see, I recognize these characters. You just told me about Silver, so I recognize him now. Who's this like, it's like a, I guess a girl with like light purple and pink shoes. 
probably Blaze. I'd have to see what you're looking at, but it might be Blaze. Here, I'll give you this image. We get to we get to predict. Um, <laughs> you get to quiz which, me on my Sonic knowledge. Yes, but then we can also predict like how many movies it'll take for to get this character into the into the movie. Yeah. Uh, second row, all the way to the right. It, the one that the one that says if she's your favorite character, you're a simp in denial. Yeah, that's Blaze. <laughs> okay, who's the one? Who's the next one? She's the white and pink. She's got oh, a heart that's on Rouge her chest. from Sonic Adventure too. Ooh, okay, uh, that's just a robot. I don't know. Really, is that a main character? Oh, it's Omega. That's right. Uh, Hence the Omega. Uh, who's this orange one? I was wondering who's going to be. Well, Tails is kind of already orange, but whatever. Who's this orange floppy bunny? It's Cream the Rabbit. Cream? Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're not going to. I don't want to explore that anymore. Um, <laughs> Big the Cat. You're the one reading too much into it. <laughs> it's, just, it's a perfectly valid dairy product. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, right, you got Metal Sonic. Cat, Metal Sonic, I guess. Don't skip over Metal Sonic. I don't know much about this. Yeah. Well, you got to keep apart. You got to. Oh, hold on. You got to keep apart Metal Sonic and Mecha Sonic and Silver Sonic, which oh, are shit, three, are three different robots <laughs> that wait. are not on. That are the only one of them is pictured. <laughs> oh shit! So wait, but Silver's Silver's here. He's he's a robot. No, 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 no. Silver Sonic. Silver oh. the Hedgehog and Silver Sonic are two different characters. Oh my god! They got to work on their fucking branding, man. <laughs> no, they don't. All right. <laughs> Okay, fine, fine. Um, it does sound like, uh, um, what is this called? This is not Mecha Sonic. This is Sonic the Robot. What, what was one of those? That's that's Metal Sonic. Metal Sonic. I'm sure he'll make an appearance in a movie. That that, that sounds like a really great plot point. That yep. That would that would come up. All right, Big the Cat. Then who's this other robot-y thing with? That's E102 Gamma. I'm pretty sure. Confusing limbs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that's just that's just Super Sonic, right? Yeah, it's not really a different character. And then I'm actually a little curious about these these three characters. There's like a, a bee and yeah. an alligator and a what the fuck is that? A chameleon? Yep. So <laughs> oh fuck, it's Charmy the bee, SP the chameleon, and it's a vector. Okay. Fuck, I don't remember the alligator's name. Those are from, I think those guys are from Knuckles Chaotix, which was that weird side game for the 32x that nobody played because it was on a 32x. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, then now I'm all caught up. I, I think I understand what to expect from the next few movies. Yeah. Now we're, <laughs> now we're ready for the, the Sonic expanded universe. I'm so ready. All right. Well, cool. Have we, uh, have we figured it out? Have we solved Sonic forever? Definitely. All right. <laughs> At least until the next movie is released. Yeah. There will be new, new possibilities to discuss. <laughs> Just a hundred more episodes until we can watch the next Sonic movie. Exactly. We make 100 episodes in two years. No, 50 more episodes. Sorry. Yeah. Only 50 more episodes. Only 50 <laughs> episodes. It's the same amount of time. <laughs> oh, cool. I'll see you guys on the other side. All right. And welcome back. Do you guys want to do a check this out? Okay, yeah. Uh, I can go first. 
This is some pretty old shit, but I only just recently finished all of Adventure Time. And I thought it was really, really good all the way to the end. So uh, if you haven't watched all of Adventure Time, do it. It's a great show. Cool. I can go next. Um, so I am reading, uh, a, well, it's part of a series, a Mistborn series uh, by Brandon Sanderson. Um, he's doing basically a different like era. Uh, he's doing like multiple different eras and Right now, he's in sort of like a uh, gunslinger-type era uh, thing. Uh, and he just released the last book in it, like within the last month or so, uh, called... What was it? I forget the name of it. I really should know the name of it. But uh, anyway, um, it's an enjoyable series. Is this one the one with the metal powers? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there was an original sort of, I want to say, trilogy Um which would sort of like took place in sort of like a medieval fantasy type era. And this one basically fast forwards after the end of the, those events um, into sort of like a gunslinger type era where you've got steam power and, you know, you get the beginnings of electricity, stuff like that. So he's basically just uh, exploring, extrapolating the magic systems into a different sort of era of human technological development, which is kind of cool. Um, and basically seeing how the world gets shaped. Is, so, it, is it important to have read the first three, the first trilogy? It's not, actually. Um, I think it's useful, um, basically just in order to have the full context. But I think that the story stands on its own. So if you wanted to just jump into the modern era or the more modern era, I should say, you absolutely could do that. But anyway, I'm just a fan of Brandon Sanderson in general. So like I follow most of his series and this is just the one that was most recently released. So it's what I'm reading right now. Cool. All right. I'm going to be lazy and just recommend the thing I was talking about before. You should go play Sonic Frontiers. It's a very interesting <laughs> and weird game. If you like open world, if you like Sonic you should check it out. I think, yeah, I think it would be cool if we would talk about it a little more. It's just a very strange smooshing together of <laughs> classic Sonic stuff with this new open world thing. I also forgot yeah. to point out that um, there's actually some stuff from the movie that seemingly made it into the game, like the style of like the lightning when he like powers up and has lightning and like circling mm. stuff to to kill the robots and stuff. I think it's not really been in the games before. So is this on Switch? Can you play it on Switch? Yes, but allegedly Switch is the worst performing version oh, of it, dang. so probably okay. better to play it on PC or PS4 or PS5. I'm playing it on a PC, and it runs decently well. I mean, it runs well on low settings on my shitty old computer, So, and hopefully it will be on sale during the Steam sale, which is probably going to come up in like a week. If you're listening, it's probably been out for a week. Yeah. Uh, cool. So wait. I, I think I did no, this part first. you go next. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Radhesian, also on Mastodon at Adhesion at Mastodon.social, also SoundCloud.com slash Adhesion and Adhesion.bandcap.com. Where can people find you guys? I had to do four things now. It's a lot of things. That's too many. You should just drop Twitter because Twitter's stupid. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me uh, on the gram. I'm at the Brendo, but the O is a zero. And I have not abandoned ship from Twitter yet, but I also have never really been terribly invested in it. So... If you want to get in contact with me, I am at Heckbringer on Twitter. Oh, cool. Uh, credits go to Andrew Ford for this episode. He is the editor and the music 
musician musician for this episode and all episodes. <laughs> Music man. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I also forgot the other thing. Uh, you can uh, get in contact with Team Radmars on Twitter, I guess, at Team Radmars. Uh, and you can also play our games at uh, radmars.com and radmars.itch.io. Oh, we have solved Sonic for a second time. Good job, y'all. Hooray. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening and thank you guys for being here. Later. Bye.